You're listening to the Sermon Podcast for The Gate Church in Lethbridge, Alberta. For more information, to contact us, or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. How's everybody doing today? It has been quite a week, hasn't it? It's been quite a week, which is saying something, considering that uh, this has been 2020, you know, and uh, we're in November, but November has been a bit of a ride so far. So I don't know about you guys, but I sense that we are all in need of rest. We're all in need of rest, maybe in our own ways, but what we're going to do for the next 30, 35 minutes is just take a deep breath, close your eyes, and uh, we're going to have a nap. And the band will come and play quietly to wake us up when the time it comes to go home. I'm getting tons of amens. I don't, you guys can't hear them online, but everyone is on board with this uh, for the sermon on rest. Um, that's not exactly what we're going to do, but for today and the next two weeks after this, we are going to take a deep breath, and we're going to focus on this topic that's very near to my heart, a topic that is so important for us, the topic of God's rest for his people. Now, the reason for this series, although I was joking, the reason for it is because we need it. After all, we've just spent seven weeks in the book of Revelation with uh, Pastor Greg leading the charge through what was an intense series, uh, but all joking aside, I do want to say thank you to Greg for, for that series and the letters to, let's clap, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> he deserves a round of applause, um, for sure, because not only, you know, is it like hard work to understand and prepare to teach on Revelation, but I do feel that God was very present and on point with so many things in our personal lives and also for us as a church as we heard the letters to the church. So all joking aside, I loved that series. It was fantastic. Um, but again, in all seriousness, we do need rest. And, and I feel that now is a good time for us to spend just three short weeks on a very big topic in the Bible, actually, uh, that of rest and, and work as well, because we need it. We may not even realize it, but the fact is uh, that a lack of rest is actually common for many of us in our culture and in other cultures as well. Uh, many of us experience a lack of rest, and there are symptoms like stress or exhaustion physically, mentally, even burnout for many people. Um, then we have physical and mental ailments, which are directly linked to a lack of, of rest in our, in our minds or in our bodies or souls. And yet, uh, the pace of life and the pressures and stresses of just the average person today continue at what feels like an unsustainable rate much of the time. And so we all need rest, and some of us even need it today quite desperately. So this is what we're dealing with. Uh, but there's good news. There is good news. And that's what we're here for. And each of the messages today, uh, today and the next two weeks will be challenged to return to God's will for our rhythm of life and work. And we're going to have to undo some of the misunderstandings, perhaps, that we have that have been handed to us or that we've absorbed from our culture because we want to embrace God's view 
for life, just everyday life. And this is a topic that affects every day of our life. We want to embrace God's view, and this will take some undoing, or repentance is another word for this, if we're going to participate as we uh, yield to the Spirit's guidance in these areas. There's a lot to be said in three short weeks. But the basis is, the thing that we will be, I guess, jumping off of for all of it, is that Jesus has promised rest for his people. Jesus has promised his disciples and followers rest. So my desire is to see us step more into the reality of this promise in our lives here and now. It comes from Matthew 11, 28 and 30, a verse that maybe we've all heard before. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So there's the promise. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So to start the series off this morning, I'm incredibly happy to have the chance to share on the topic of Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest. I'm particularly excited um, because Sabbath is a practice that has actually been changing my life for about a year, the life of my family and some of my close friends as well, as we've engaged with it. So we're going to discuss some of the theology of Sabbath, which is just to say what it means, what it means to God, what it means to us and how we relate to it. And I'll also be sharing, you know, some of my personal journey with it as well. Um, So let's start at the start. In the book of Genesis, In just the second chapter, in the first chapter, God has spent six days creating everything. And then at the start of Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, it says this, So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day, and declared it holy. There's two important things. He blessed it and he declared it holy. For on it he rested from his work of all creation. So this is the beginning of time and space and matter and humanity, everything. And God has worked. He set it all in motion over six days. And then on the seventh day, he rested. And I want to start here because this is not only the origin of everything, but it's also the origin of this idea of Sabbath. It's at the start. It's at the very beginning of the story of Scripture. It's at the very beginning of time is the Sabbath rest of God. So if what I'm saying this morning is new to you, that is awesome. Or if you're familiar with it, that's awesome as well. Because regardless, I want us to be reminded that Sabbath has been here since creation. Since the beginning of the universe, God has set this rhythm of rest. So first of all, I've already said the word like 50 times, but Sabbath, what does it mean? Uh, Sabbath is from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which is fun to say. Let's all say it together now. Shabbat, Shabbat. (laughs) Um, To Sabbath or to Shabbat simply means to, to cease, to stop, and of course to rest. So just like God did after six days of what must have been incredibly hard work of making everything, God took a Sabbath or rest. 
Now, this is interesting to consider, for me anyways, that, that God rested. That God rested. We're talking about God here. Now, this should be convicting right away for us, especially those of us who take pride not so much in work, but perhaps in overwork, or for those of us who just can't slow down, who struggle with this, that God rested. God rested. So if Sabbath is you know, good enough uh, for God himself, not to mention Jesus, who we will return to again in this message, then perhaps it is good for us to consider and be serious about the ways that we could be intentional about stepping into Sabbath, about stopping our work on a regular basis like God did. In other words, if we want to be like God, we must be able to work hard, but then stop our work to rest. I was thinking about this as an analogy. I love music. I love a good drummer, especially. Bless you, Tim and Brad, if you're listening. Um, I love drummers mostly because it's, it's magical to watch someone play a drum kit. It's, it's just bonkers and, and so cool. Um, but imagine a drummer who never rested within the song or who never had any beats that didn't stop. That I don't know if you can catch what I'm saying, but that would sound completely insane if the drummer played every single beat of the song with no resting. In fact, that, that, wouldn't, be, that wouldn't even be a rhythm at all. It would, there's probably people on the internet who do this and post it, and you, you, know, it sounds, you could listen to it, uh, but it wouldn't sound very good. And, and the same goes for other types of instruments, too. They say that the notes that you don't play are just as important as the ones that you do. Right? The notes that you don't play are just as important as the ones that you do because that's what makes a rhythm, isn't it? The stopping and starting and the dynamics. And when we live our lives without rest, without Sabbath rest, it's sort of like a drummer who is overplaying the beat, a musician who's making too much noise, and actually ruins the song altogether. We need rest in our lives if we're going to have rhythm. God stopped working on the seventh day and he established this rhythm. And in Sabbath, we're invited to be in rhythm with God's work and rest, with God's song, so to speak. And this is a a beautiful invitation for us. So not only does God display and embody the Sabbath rest in creation, which we read, but he also commands it, doesn't he? Um, In Exodus chapter 20, we have what we would call the Ten Commandments, uh, the Ten Rules for Life for God's people after he's redeemed them from Egypt, from slavery, and he's telling them how they should live. And the fifth commandment is this, to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. You are to labor six days, do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. For you must not do any work, whether it's you, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock, or the resident alien who's within your gates. For the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. And there those two things are again, the blessing 
and the holiness. So God commands this rest to his people. He commands it. Uh, and any time that we're commanded something, this tells me that it's not a thing that I'm probably going to just accidentally do. If I'm commanded to do something, I'm probably actually not going to do it. And that's why God has told me to, right? It's not going to happen on its own, and no one else is going to do it for me. It's a commandment for me to obey. And so this is where part of my testimony with it does come in. It was around the beginning of this year, which I think is unique to, to start off 2020, and uh, that Chris Lynn and I were having some serious conversations and praying and wrestling a little bit about what it would look like for us to take this, you know, command five of the Ten Commandments, to take it and be serious about it, to remember the Sabbath, as it says, and keep it holy. Now, at first, Sabbath rest seems kind of strange or even uh, unnecessary. Now, the reason for this is because if we work, we are legally obligated to have uh, time off, right? Unless we're self-employed. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's, it's mandated that if we work, we also have days where we don't work because even, you know, in... A secular society, there is the wisdom of what God has set to rest after work. We can't work all the time. It would kill us. And so we have time off. But it didn't take me very long to learn that there is actually a, a difference between what we consider a day off and what is considered a holy day or Sabbath to the Lord as he's commanded. Days off are commanded by the government. The Sabbath is commanded by God. So what's the difference? Well, let's think about what we usually do on our days off. Now, it's different for everyone, but hypothetically, maybe a little sleeping in, uh, maybe a trip around town to do groceries or errands, Home Depot, hopefully. Um, you know, taking care of jobs around the house, things that you've put off during the week, catching up on loose ends, doing things with friends, hopefully doing things you enjoy, whether it's relaxing, watching TV or, or sports or something like that. All good stuff, hopefully, but not necessarily what God had in mind, I don't think, when he said to keep the Sabbath day holy and not do any work. To keep the Sabbath day holy and not do any work. Now, don't get me wrong. Because I'm a dad, I think, I love Home Depot, but I wouldn't go so far as to call it holy, necessarily. There's a difference between the, the, the time off and what we do during those days and what God has ordained for us in Sabbath. So we can't confuse them or necessarily substitute, substitute Sabbath with just a normal day off. Because if we're honest, many days off, whenever you get them, they can be just as busy and tiring as a day at work, right? They, they can be even busier or crazier. So what I hope is that we will allow God to actually have some of our time off intentionally to use for Sabbath. And this is what holy means, right? Holiness means set apart. So the Sabbath day is holy. We are to take some of the time off that hopefully we have from our work, whatever it looks like, and to make it holy or set apart for God. And if you're like me, in order to do this, uh, some changes, practical things are going to have to happen. So let's talk about some of these steps or practical ways that we can 
move closer to a time of Sabbath and separate it perhaps from just the normal days off, which are not bad either, but uh, we're talking about Sabbath here. The first step for most of us to begin resting with God and being intentional about it is simply to slow down, to slow down, to stop, to stop our striving. And you're going to have to consciously choose to go against the normal cultural mindset in order to do this, right? We live in a culture that teaches us that busyness equals importance, right? The busier you are, the more important you are. Or productivity, that that equals value. The more productive you are, the more uh, valuable you are or your work is as a person. And this, I, believe, I think, really seeps into what we do on our days off as well because we feel obligated to just do another to-do list and continue with our busyness and craziness. But in God's good world, we have the blessed command to stop from our productivity once a week, to be reminded that if we do this, the universe actually isn't going to explode because we don't control everything and run everything. God does, and God on his seventh day rested. So this may be the first and sometimes hardest step for us to take is to simply stop, to slow down, and to set aside and make the Sabbath day holy by doing this, setting aside setting aside time to be present with God by not doing any work at all. I think most of us are actually addicted to busyness or at least the feeling of being busy, right? So to do this will require resistance and practice and countercultural rhythm for life. And it's funny to think that rest would be a form of resistance, that rest would be uh, cultural or spiritual resistance, but it truly is, isn't it? Because if we choose to abide with God on Sabbath and rest, we have the opportunity to resist all the temptations that plague us for the other six days of the week, especially in regards to our work, right? If you are tempted by greed to want more for yourself, more money or whatever, on the Sabbath day, we stop from that and put that temptation aside and give it back to God. Or if we are materialistic and we're always, again, trying to accumulate more. Well, on Sabbath, you, you don't go out and, and buy a bunch of stuff and, and get more. We, we submit that back to God. Or if we are workaholics on the Sabbath day, we resist that temptation by stopping our work and resting with God. Or if we have issues of, of feeling trust towards God or feeling God's presence well, on Sabbath, we can resist that as well by being present with him and abiding with him because we've made the time holy. Speaking of resistance, it would come as no surprise then, at least in my experience, that as we take time to rest with the Lord, that our enemy is going to notice this and try to screw it up or tempt us to give up or compromise or be discouraged in it. There have been so many times, I've got stories about whenever Sabbath time is approaching on a week where we're taking it, um, where I come this close to just saying, I, I, like throwing my hands in the air and saying, it's not worth it, I can't do it, I'm too busy, I've got, I'm too stressed, whatever. You know, I'm too important to stop what I'm doing and rest with God, which is silly when I say it out loud, but that's the internal monologue. So we have a spiritual resistance as well. 
So be prepared for this, but persist against it. Uh, Jesus himself faced a lot of resistance when it came to the Sabbath and his practices on the Sabbath. If you've read the Gospels, you hear again and again, he's always in trouble for what he was doing on the Sabbath. Um, So I wanted to read one in particular from Mark 2, 23 to 28, where one Sabbath Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, the disciples began to pluck heads of grain, and the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what's not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did? Uh, which is a huge insult, by the way, a burn on the, on the Pharisees. Have you not read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar the high priest, and he ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but priests to eat. And he also gave it to those who were with him. He said to them, the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So here we have Jesus' disciples doing something practical. They're getting their hands slapped for it, possibly literally getting their hands slapped. And uh, in reply to the Pharisees, Jesus offers an incredible reminder. The King David, King David, on the Sabbath, he ate the bread of the presence, which he wasn't even supposed to touch or get close to, let alone offer to his friends. But Jesus is showing the Pharisees that God has given the Sabbath to people as a blessing, not as a burden that the Sabbath should you know, control their lives to the point of being oppressive and difficult and hard. So Jesus is freeing people from that misunderstanding. But what about us? I, I think that the average person, even the average church-going person today, our problem is likely the opposite problem that the Pharisees had, where you know they took the Sabbath and they made it so complicated and crazy that it was almost impossible to follow, most of us don't even have a framework for what Sabbath rest looks like at all, right? We don't even know where to begin, or, or if we do, we just don't engage with it. So I wanted to read again what Jesus said in verse 27. The Sabbath was made for man, not, the man, for the, not man for the Sabbath. So we need to be reminded of that first part, that the Sabbath exists that it was made for us. It has existed since the beginning. It was created for us by God. We aren't obligated to keep the Sabbath in some horrible, oppressive way, but it is a gift made by God for us to receive. So again, the first step in keeping the Sabbath for us is by actually choosing to make it holy, to slow down, stop, and make the time for it to happen. Now, the second step is connected to what I was just reading, and it's another one that tends to be overlooked, and it's that the Sabbath is a blessing. The Sabbath is a blessing. God blessed it right at the start, didn't he? So it is created and given for us, and it's a blessing that we can experience if we receive the gift. So in terms of what this actually looks like, I will give uh, some examples or describe a little bit of what Sabbath looks like in our house and the way that we are blessed as we go through a time of Sabbath. In our family, the weekly time of Sabbath is the highlight 
of the entire week. It really is. Our kids cheer when we tell them that Sabbath is starting that night, and and we are a tiny bit sad when it's over, although we're energized. And the good thing about it is it's coming again at the end of the week in a cycle. But anyways, so usually we start our Sabbath on a Friday evening after work because Friday to Saturday is the most convenient time for us to make where we can have this time. When you do it would be different depending on when you work and how it works for you. Maybe you have shift work or work nights or whatever. That's not what's important but it's that you set the time aside. So we set our time aside on Friday after work. Uh, we get home and finish whatever we've got to do on our phones, and then we shut them off, and the phones go away. And then we sit down for a meal, hopefully of something that we love and that our kids will actually eat so that we can enjoy our time at the table together, being present as a family and present uh, with God. So And... At the table, we pray, right? We acknowledge God's nearness and we give him just heartfelt thanks for whatever, whether it's what he's done in the week or for the time of refreshing that's about to await us. We pray together and we almost always have dessert, treats, good things that we enjoy like that. We have, uh, Chrislyn and I have quite a few kids at this point. So um, what we do on Sabbath is a little bit dictated by what they like to do and taking care of them, but it's just simple stuff, right? We're, we're present with them. We rest with them and read with them. But there's also the, uh, the intentional spiritual things too. Uh, reading the Word, right? Praying, reading the Word with our kids. Uh, one of the other things that we've started doing is lighting candles, which is traditional for Sabbath. They light two candles. We have four because it's like one for... Crystalline and I, and one, and, and one for each of the older kids. So we light the candles, and then we think and speak aloud uh, the blessings that we have in our lives from God. And usually it's just one thing, right? Whatever is on our heart, we share something that we're thankful for that God has given to us or done for us. It, it can be anything. And then, again, we pray to thank him for these things as we light those candles, things like this. And then... We wrestle the kids to bed and, uh, you know, hopefully get lots of rest. I would say we sleep in on Saturday, but that never happens. Uh, Malachi is ready to go um, earlier than we are, so we get up with him. And Saturday we take it easy as well. And again, there's, there's always the temptation to think about what should I be doing? What's the pr productive thing to do right now? As if that's the right thing. But it's not. And so there's a kind of a continual submission back to God. Of, of being present with him, of praying, and, and things like this. And so this is, it's really quite simple, but it's, it's a blessing for us, is what I'm trying to say. It's a blessing for us. We enjoy it, and it is so good. So what I'm describing is not meant to be uh, prescriptive, it's descriptive. So again, I'll just encourage you that if you're considering this, you don't have to do the same thing that we do. Um, everybody's lives are different. Our relationships are different. Our work and time is different. And so really, it's an individual thing that you would prayerfully consider. Um, but if I can be maybe a teeny bit legalistic, I would return to the thing that I said at the start of this description, which is we turn our phones off. We turn our phones off. Um, Almost all of us are basically addicted to our technology. 
And so when it comes to being present with God in our mind and our body and our soul, to have nothing digital distracting us is absolutely key. Um, and if you've never done this before, you're going to experience uh, symptoms of, of withdrawal and terror and anxiety and loneliness and just crazy things like that. That's good. Let yourself go through that and give it to God because um, after that initial uh, experience perhaps, shutting off and disconnecting is, is, like I said, it's key and it actually feels great. It's good for our brains, right? Um, so it's so good. Maybe if you just want one thing to start for a Sabbath, I would start with this, just having a time where your devices are off and you're able to be present with God without your cell phone. Something to think about anyways. So the Sabbath day is holy. It is a blessing. And the final thing, which plays into both of these that I kind of already alluded to, is just that it's worship, right? Sabbath is a time of worship to God. We stop and enjoy his blessings, but we're giving thanks in our rest. Um, this, again, can be hard for some of us. It, it's... It, it goes against the common thinking that many Christians have where we are in a performance-based relationship with God, where he's only happy with the things that we accomplish for him, right? The work of the kingdom, which is good and important. In fact, we have six days to, to do our work, uh, but it's just as important that we take the time to rest with him and worship and be satisfied in him alone, right? And to recall that our salvation isn't something that is based on what we can get done, but on the gift of grace from God. And to simply abide in this and be satisfied. And, and so this is partly why many people uh, traditionally, well, not traditionally, but in, I guess, Protestant Christian Christianity, uh, Sabbath is often think, thought of as the Sunday. Uh, because on Sunday morning, you can come to church or watch online and, and have a time of worship. And so that's a good time to do it as well. But on the Sabbath, we, we worship. So however you choose to cultivate these rhythms of rest with God, it is a holy time. It's created for you, and it blesses us as we step into the obedience of this commandment to stop and rest in him. So... I hope that we're thinking about this. I don't know what changes may need to happen for you to experience this rest in your life, to stop and, and Shabbat, as we said. But either way, I want us to grow deeper in it. And for myself, it took some thinking and praying. It took some teaching and reading. We have uh, good resources, which I would love to pass on, um, on this topic. But actually what it mostly just took for us was obedience to do it. Like to just try it, right? Not just to stop worrying about it necessarily and trying to sort it all out, but just try this blessing from God. And after trying it the first time, it was like, we never want to go back to not having Sabbath because it's so good. So give it a shot and know that the promise of rest is offered to you. And it is really good. I wanted to read part of Hebrews chapter 4, uh, starting actually in Hebrews 3 and then part of verse 4 as well. I'm jumping around a little bit because there's a lot going on in this part about God's rest, but uh, listen to this explanation of our rest with God. 
And to whom did God swear that they would not enter his rest, if not those who disobeyed? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest remains, let us beware that none of you have been found to fall in short. For we also have received the good news just as they did. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news did not enter it because of disobedience, God again specifies a certain day today. He specified this by speaking through David after such a long time, saying, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken about uh, another day. Therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works just as God did from his. Let us then make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. So God's rest remains for his people. And as we follow Jesus, we are following the Lord of the Sabbath, as Jesus told us in Mark 2. But here we are in Hebrews, and the author is reminding us that God holds rest for us both eternally in a future tense, that perfect Sabbath rest is awaiting us with God, but also to be faithful in our obedience to experience rest for our souls today as God has promised it. The Old Testament command to rest centers on the fact that God's work is completed and so he rests. And here our Christian command to Sabbath centers on the fact that the work of Jesus is complete to redeem us from sin and so we also can rest. Having said this, the invitation to rest is not just you know, a, a practical and physical and mental thing, but it is spiritual right? We rest from a spiritual anxiety or uncertainty because of Jesus. We receive God's grace in our souls through Christ, and because of it, we are able to cease. We're able to stop in our souls and worship, knowing that our destiny is secured forever, right? Again, we don't have to strive to make our salvation work out Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, and we follow him. He makes it possible for us to rest with the knowledge that we are at peace with God, no matter how crazy and busy our lives may feel. So again, let us then make every effort uh, to enter this rest. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, again, just as I was sort of joking at the start, I do sense that all of us in our own ways need this this morning, Lord, to rest in you, um, whether it's from uh, busyness of work or, or um, feeling a, an unrest in our minds with everything that's you know, happening in the world right now, God, and, and stresses and anxieties. I don't know, God, but you do. And so I want to thank you that you have... Uh, extended the rest that you took on that first seventh day and that you've laid that before us as well and invited us to rest and abide with you, God. And so 
I pray for each of us as, as we obey this command that your spirit would uh, guide us uh, knowing that you are gentle and loving Lord that your conviction is bringing us to a place where we can uh, be closer to you in our days of work and in our days of rest Lord and, and that is what we want so I thank you God that all of this is because of your goodness and that you have given this as a gift to us so help us just to receive it and to continue to practice faithfully um, times of rest that are a holy and set aside to you in a time where we uh, rest in the blessings that you have provided for us and in thankfulness. Thank you, Father. We love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name.